Hey everyone, welcome back to a super fun episode of the Real Story Podcast. Today I am joined by my very best friend in the world, Nikki McFadden, who I have known since childhood. We both grew up in Nashville together. We were gymnasts forever. Her mother owned the gymnastics facility that we trained and competed at. We went through middle school, high school together ventured to Chicago together uh, for Columbia. And then she ended up kind of coming back to Nashville, moving around, and now lives in Park City. Um, And Nikki's journey has been truly such a pleasure to witness and watch. So not only is she one of the most incredible human beings that I know, she's really been on this kind of spiritual growth evolution from, you know, growing up, she was a gymnast and a dancer and then became a photographer. And when she first moved um, to California, she really got into the practice of yoga, first taking yoga and then just naturally becoming one of the most incredible teachers. Um, She has always been incredibly strong and incredibly flexible. And I think when you find that movement or modality that suits you and your body and takes you to another level, it's, it's why she has become such an incredible teacher. And along that journey, she created a company called Collide, um, K-A-L-E-I-D-E. Her website is thecollide.com, which will be in the show notes. But she started kind of facilitating these amazing retreats, um, doing yoga and and really, you know, helping people connect to their mind, body and spirit. And along that journey, she stumbled into human design. Now, a lot of you might not know what human design is. It's relatively new in the in the grand <laughs> scope of things like astrology or spirituality. Um, But it is, I think, one of the most important tools and the most useful tools to get to know who you are, why you are the way you are, and how to use every single personality trait that you have to your advantage and really accepting you for you. Um, We dive into not only what human design is, but we kind of use my own personal chart as the playground to understand a little bit more about the complexities of this incredibly intricate system, but how just understanding a few key points of human design can not only help you flourish in your career, in mind, body, but like in your everyday relationships with your partner, with your kids, with yourself. And as Nikki says on this podcast, it's really about getting out of your mind and dropping into your body, which I think is invaluable advice for all of us on this journey and really looking at our conditioning and learning to trust our own instincts and ourselves. So I hope you sit back and enjoy this very interesting conversation with human design teacher and expert, incredible yoga instructor, and the very best friend I've ever had, Nikki McFadden. Hey guys, I'm Rhea Fry, best-selling author, business owner, wife, mother, but most of all, 
I'm a human. And I'm Joe Tower, entrepreneur, producer, editor, husband, son. And I am also a human. As writers, we're always digging behind the story of publishing, ego, process, to get to the deeper truth of who we are and why we're here. While we're still pursuing that mission of the Right Way podcast, we wanted a platform where we could talk about being writers as well as being human. Now we'll be spending each episode talking with real people about real shit. This is the real story. Okay, so first of all, I just think this is so fun to have you on this podcast, my very best friend in the world, but um, I'm so excited for our listeners to get to know you and the magic of human energy design. But first, I'd love for you to just kind of tell people a little bit about your background and education around human design and then explain what the hell it is because I feel like so many people do not know what human energy design is. Yeah. So, uh, my, my name is Nikki. Um, <laughs> I am Rhea's best friend forever. forever. Um, you are probably my oldest friend. Um, yes. and one of the people that, uh, knows me kind of the deepest. So yes, um, yeah. I'm very excited to be on here chatting with you too. So fun. Yes. Um, I am a yoga instructor, been uh, teaching yoga for about seven years and got to a point um, where I just wanted a little bit more, was seeking just more self-discovery and um, was always drawn to the energetics of the yoga practice um, and actually was listening to a podcast a couple of years ago, um, the to be magnetic podcast. Yes. And, um, she had, um, Jenna Zoe on the podcast and Jenna Zoe, uh, is kind of a human design guru has kind of taken human design and done her own beautiful thing with it yeah. and is now an educator. Um, so I listened to that podcast and something just really deeply resonated with me. And that was kind of the beginning of my, human design experiment. Um, I kind of, I tend to kind of take something and when I really like it, just dive all in. Yes. Um, I love that about you. <laughs> and it's in my chart. Yes. <laughs> yes. <line> one, just <laughs> to investigate, uh, the hell out of whatever I'm curious about and then to put it into, um, practical application and play with it and maybe it sticks and maybe it doesn't, but this has been human design has been one of those things that, um, has continuously helped me, uh, just kind of just empowered me and has helped me find a little more, a lot more flow in life. Yes. Um, and it's something I, I find new discoveries, you know, within my own chart all the time or something just hits me a little differently. Um, yeah. And I mean, how would you, so when people, because I completely agree with you, even the little bit that I've gotten into it, it has completely changed the way I look at myself and the people in my household and my child, which is incredible, but I have a really hard time explaining what it is. Is there like a very simple explanation of how you would describe this to someone who doesn't know anything about it? Yeah. So, uh, it's a system that was founded in 1989. Um, and the founder, Ra Uruhu, basically had a mystical experience two years prior. It was like an eight-day trip, uh, but sober. <laughs> uh, it also uh, aligned with an astrological event that took place near where he was. And 
so he got this eight day, day and night download, um, or, you know, it, it was just channeled information and <clears throat> that's where the system came from. So it's a little esoteric, but sure. there is quantum physics and science plays into it, um, which we can also get into, but basically it's a system that combines, uh, concepts found in Western astrology, the ancient Chinese I Ching, the Hindu Brahman chakra system and the Kabbalistic tree of life. Wow. And so it's, it, it's cool. And I think that's another reason my open mind was very drawn to it because yes. it's, it's all of these systems, but it's not any of these systems alone or philosophies or concepts. And they blend together to, um, so it's based on your natal chart information, your mm -hmm. chart, your body graph. Um, so time, place, date of birth and, um, the energy. So your, your body graph, um, which you have it, we all have a body graph that looks really similar. And then the coloring and the whiteness in the chart that you see, um, will be unique to everybody, but basically it shows you what energies you came into this lifetime with consistently mm -hmm. who, who you are, um, what's natural for you. And it also shows you where your openness lies, which is kind of like where we go to school in life, like the lessons that we're here to learn. And so body is like everybody's chart is tailored to them. Like there's, it's not like astrology where it's like, I'm a Scorpio and these are Scorpio <laughs> tendencies. Totally. So yeah. Complex. It's so layered. <laughs> it's so very layered. complex. Um, yes. There are five main types. Yes. Everyone will fall into one of the five main types. And um, then categorically, like within human design, there are, uh, there's your profile and um, your strategy and your authority. And there are categories, but yeah. the combination of all of, all of those things and the subtleties in your chart, there are thousands and thousands of chart combinations. So yeah. it really is um, the Rauru who said the science of differentiation, it's what makes us all unique. It's a yeah. beautiful thing. And it's, it's learning how to kind of break free of the conditioning that we're all supposed to be homogenized and make decisions a specific way and interact with the world a specific way. So it yeah. gives you tools to make decisions um, exchange energy with other people, how to best utilize your own energy, um, permit, and it gets super empowering and just gives you permission to kind of be yourself. Yes. Yes, exactly. Like that's, that is the biggest takeaway for me is, you know, when I started diving into it and especially with, uh, my husband, with Alex, we, you know, are so different and we can kind of talk about the different, the five different types. Um, but I always thought like, why isn't he just like me? And why isn't he just getting <laughs> shit done? And why, why, why? And when we started looking at our types and how different, like fundamentally different we are down to just me being kind of more energetic and him being a total non-energy being and needing much more yeah. rest and not needing to work as much. It's, you know, in our Western culture where it's go, go, go hustle culture, all this bullshit that I no longer really buy into. 
it has been such a wake up call for honoring our differences, um, especially within our household. Like I think if anyone has a takeaway learning about your type and then either your partner's type or your children's type can help just on a daily basis, understand who you are. And, and the biggest takeaway for me is, is just using or looking at your traits and characteristics as assets instead of flaws. Totally. I mean, and that right there is, I don't think there's another system that exists that like, I think about therapy and, you know, how we go to try to like change ourselves and get to the bottom of it. But if we learned this and, and learned about our types and everything in our charts from a young age, think about how empowered we might be to just honor who we are and, and learn to use all of that to our advantage. Totally. I, and I agree a hundred percent. It's most important to understand your own chart, but then having a base knowledge of, you know, just your, your partner or your, you know, whoever you're in close proximity with often, (laughs) coworkers, um, it's, it's life-changing because it gives you a, a compassion for how someone may or may not be like you. Uh, and for, if we are meeting resistance, it's most often that, you know, someone's wiring is complete and openness is completely different from, from ours. So Completely. yeah. Can you talk about like the, so there are five different types, correct? Like correct. manifester, yep. projector, generator, manifesting generator, and reflector. Um, nailed it. Yeah. Well, I, I, I remember, um, <laughs> some, some of this stuff, cause I find it so interesting. Um, so, uh, you know, obviously we won't dive into the minutia of each type, but how, like, how can people find out what type they are? Is there a free resource that people could go to after this, um, to just kind of like dive into and kind of find out on a very high level about their charts. Is there something you recommend for people? Yeah, I would say so. <clears throat> Ra Uruhu founded the International Human Design School mm-hmm. um, through uh, Jovian Archive. Is kind of like the main. It, it's Ra's like main site before he passed away. That I believe his family still operates. Yeah. And people who, you know, he works really closely with. So that's kind of the OG main (laughs) master site. However, uh, some of the verbiage on there is a little complex and overwhelming if you're just starting out. Um, But it is uh, a website where you can pull your chart for free. Um, I really like Jenna Zoe has a website, but she newly uh, put out this app that I, I really love as well. Um, it's called my human design. That's yeah. That's what I use myhumandesign.com Um, just to get like, I didn't do the app, but just to kind of get my chart and, you know, find out about it. And then, you know, there are books out there. There are all kinds of, of different things, high level to, to start to dive into it. Um, and as, as kind of an explanation for today, we're going to dive into my chart a little bit, um, and, and kind of talk pretty high level, you know, if you're someone new to this and you're diving in and you see your chart and it's got all these different channels and gates and centers, and it, it can look very overwhelming. You really 
work with people to focus on just a couple of things beyond the type, which I think is, is extremely helpful. Um, so we're going to kind of dive into that a bit. And again, the way I found this out, I, you know, put my, I went to myhumandesign.com. I put in my name, my birth date, the time of birth, which is important. If you can find, you know, make sure important. it can literally change it can shift through all of the types in one day. So it's pretty important information to try to figure out. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. yeah. So look on that birth certificate (laughs) or try to find out. Call the county hospital. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Ask your mom. (laughs) And then where you, you know, where you're born. But I am a type that is called a manifester. And it's funny because before I ever even knew what this was, I have always said like, I can manifest some shit. Like I'm, I kind of, I can attest to that knowing you so long. (laughs) Right. Like I just kind of make shit happen, but, but to know that that is actually my type and that I was like kind of picking up on that is really cool. But can you explain a little bit about what, what it means to be a manifester? Totally. So first of all, you guys, manifestors, you all are amazing. Um, Thank you. (laughs) You only make up like 9% of the population. So it's, um, there aren't that many of you compared to uh, generator types are kind of the majority. Um, And your, your, so your chart is defined by your, your throat chakra being powered by a motor center. And because your throat is a manifestation center, um, and it's being powered by a motor consistently, that that is what makes you a manifester. That's what enables you to kind of, <clears throat> you know, speak things into existence. Mm-hmm. And manifestors are really here to create momentum in a specific direction. They are, you know, the fire starters. Um, they get things going, they create movements, and it's not something that they try to do. It's not through words or actions. It's an energetic thing. It can, you know, it's something that you just experience when you're around a manifester. Um, they, so the cool thing about manifestors is they're the only type that doesn't need to be, that doesn't need to wait in some regard in order to, uh, take action. They don't need to wait on an external cue from the universe. Um, which all of the other types do to some extent. Right. So manifestors just, (laughs) they, I like the analogy um, of the manifestors just being the bus drivers and, you know, bus drivers stop where they stop. They have a plan. They know where they're going and they don't, you know, the people riding the bus don't ask them to take a detour to stop some, you know, they, they're just on the bus. They trust the driver. um, They get off where they're supposed to. So there's a, there's manifestors have this, um, very strong, just ability to lead people naturally. And, um, we, we can talk a little bit more about because manifestors can also have a, uh, they have a strong closed repelling aura. So it can be very, (laughs) and yeah, but it, and it can sound kind of negative, but really it's for their own protection. Right. That they they can't um, easily let people in, but 
nor can they easily take in the other. There's a little bit of protection there and it's, it's for your own energy's protection. Yeah. And, and just what you just said, like, again, high level explanation of what, uh, who a manifester is. When I first heard this and read about it, when we first started talking about it, there was just this immense sense of relief, um, that because in, in today's world, in today's like social media highlight reel, everybody's out doing everything all the time. I would often get in this like weird comparison where like, oh, I should, if I'm running a business, for instance, like I should be more like that and hiring 20 people and doing things this way when in my gut, in my heart, it's like, no, that, that is not who I am. I need to stay kind of in my lane. And that's what I love about this so much is it allows you to actually be okay with who you are and, and why you are the way that you are. And I don't think there are many things out there that give us permission to just, I don't know, be okay with who we are. Yeah. <laughs> you to- say all the time, cause we talk, you know, yeah. you're probably my closest friend and the one that I talk to the most regularly in depth about yes. life yes. <laughs> and our journeys and all of that. Um, and you know, it comes up a lot that you call yourself an asshole. And I think yeah. Yeah. I do. <laughs> like yes. manifestors get that rap because they have this, like I said, their, their aura is naturally a little bit closed off, but it, so kind of, it gives you permission to maybe shift that languaging around the way that you think you are. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's because what's best for you is also best for the other. So it's not selfish to have a closed repelling aura. It's actually so that you can be brilliant and not be distracted or derailed or thrown off your course by other people coming in so that then you can um, be the strong leader you're here to be. Absolutely. Which is, again, it's just like this big sigh of relief to just like, oh, okay, it's it's fine. This is is who I am and I'm going to try to like, understand a little bit more, which kind of leads us to, so every type has a strategy, um, which is like a little, uh, like a, almost like a word or phrase. And mine is to inform, correct? Correct. And and so now we're getting to, if you take away, if you look up your chart on your own and you take away nothing, take away your strategy and your authority. So strategy um, is, Every type has a specific strategy. Authority is going to vary. It's not type-based. It's based on something else in your chart. So the manifestor strategy is to inform. And what what informing does is softens (laughs) the, the manifestor's path because manifestors are here to just go. They don't need permission from the universe or from people. They just... They get urges, they they respond to those urges based on their authority, um, and then they go. But if they go and they don't inform those around them about what they're doing, where they're going, um, or how they're doing it even, it it can be people around you can then feel abandoned or betrayed or (laughs) like it it softens. Um, you're not here to ask them for permission, but to explain what it, what the hell it, it is that you're doing. Um, 
you know, with kindness, that's, that's your strategy uh, to find more flow and less resistance in the world. Which I love. And I actually just finally looked up my, my name, Rhea, which actually means flow, which I think is hilarious. Oh, my last name means free. So <laughs> like, oh, wow. Free flow, and cool. I never, I never really knew that, um, which is super cool. And I remember when we were talking about this, you were basically saying, because a lot of people can take this, take away from this, like, this is, this is the only thing that I'm here to do. This is what I'm supposed to do. And mine is basically to follow my urges and yeah, that's kind of it. And, and not urges like destructive, like I'm going to drink a bottle of wine, but like I get very specific downloads or, I mean, I've always been that type of person where I just, an idea will come to me or, um, something that I know I should or shouldn't do. And if I don't follow it in that moment or don't go forward with it, then it just doesn't happen. And, you know, I'm kind of jumping yeah. to the authority, <laughs> but like, you know, let's, let's talk about that for a second. So everyone has an authority and mine is splenic authority, which, you know, a lot of people are probably like, what, what does that mean? Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So a splenic authority isn't as common um, as say emotional authority or yes. sacral authority. And the, the spleen is how animals survive. Um, we've kind of evolved beyond that. And we have different awareness centers to keep us alive as well. Um, in human design, we have our emotional center, we have our Ajna, um, which is basically your, your mind processing what's going on around you, what's going on inside of you. But for you, it is almost, it's correct to kind of act as if you were an animal, really tune into um, the spleen is all about health and well being, like your health and well being. Um, and it's instinctive. So it's a, a quiet, like, I always, I, I describe it as gray because it's not always like black and white. It's definitely not logical, but it's a voice that speaks to you typically once and doesn't come back. And it only operates in the moment. Yes. So, and you have, um, so your splenic authority, you also have a channel that's about making decisions in the moment and speaking them into existence. Um, yeah, your in your chart, your, everything is wired to just kind of be in fast response um, <laughs> to what's happening in the moment. Yes. So, and the thing about this, the, the spleen being so quiet and not logical, um, and you do have some logic in your chart as well. So this might be where you've battled in the past because um, your logical mind may take over and try to find a pattern or, you yep. know, an explanation, <laughs> but really nobody's mind is their authority. Everyone's going to have a, an authority that has to do, well, most of us, I should say, have an authority that has to do with feeling into body uh, yes. sensation and, and dropping out of the mind. So uh, the spleen, um, in order to hear it, you, you, do kind of, in order to really cultivate like a connection to it, you do have to make time to be quiet, um, to listen for it, to come through, to stop the doing. Yes. And the spleen is, is really acutely aware of like everything going on around it. 
Um, because again, it's survival. It's how yeah. animals can predict a storm or how animals migrate, um, you know, based on weather and patterns and time of year and all of that. So, I mean, it really is kind of tuning into that more animalistic primal side of yourself and letting that dictate what you do and don't do. Which, yeah. I mean, you, out of everything that you explained to me, this splenic authority and how I will kind of know in the moment what I should or shouldn't do, especially when making decisions. And that if I start thinking about it, like pros and cons, then, mm-hmm. then I'm, I'm not honoring mm-hmm. my authority, which has been the most life-changing piece of information because when I get, again, I'll get these like urges or impulses, especially around decisions, whether it's with my business, whether it's with to travel or, you know, whatever. And then I start thinking about it. Well, I don't know, this would be, you know, and I get in my head and then nothing happens and I'm like agonizing over it. So just this little tidbit of information, knowing that if I start thinking about something, I'm not even honoring my body, what my body is trying to tell me. And I I think that's why this system is so incredible is that it is getting out of the mind a little bit and honoring this amazing tool that is our body that we aren't taught to pay attention to that we completely like we tune out so much and look to outside sources or resources instead of what what we are <laughs> like what's been handed down to us like generation by generation which is so incredible and one thing i've learned about just the splenic authority and how it is survival and i can often have like some adrenal responses i've mm-hmm. I, i've said i've said this on the podcast a million times but i am in total fight or flight all the time. And as a result, have adrenal fatigue and have really started to understand that and, and start to kind of get out of fight or flight, um, as much as possible, like still honoring my authority and my nature, but, but really starting to unravel and let some of that go. But you, it's like, you can't even understand that unless you become aware of how you as an individual, reacts or interacts with the world, you know? Um, so I think, I don't know, for me, the authority part of this has been, has been the absolute most helpful. I love that. Yeah. And it, it really is this, your human design chart is something to be practiced and experimented with. Yes. And, uh, what another thing I love about it, and you have a lot of individuality in your chart as well. So an, another reason you probably appreciate human design is Uru who said, like, go see it for yourself. Don't take my word for it. Yes. <laughs> it's not a religion. It's not anything you need to just believe. It's something to be practiced and experience. See if it's true for you. Yes. And so practicing listening to your, if you're in fight or flight all the time, um, you're, you have anywhere where you're defined in your chart, but especially, um, if you have a defined authority center, you know, like your spleen, you have this like innate ability to consistently access that center. Yes. So it's a gift it's in, you know, that whether or not you choose to listen to it, um, can be detrimental to your health being your spleen. Yes. Yes. And it's only been in the last, I'd say 
I don't know, month or so that I really started to do the work and get to the, to the root of just like, what is going on? Because we, I carry a lot of stuff like armor, like, and just, I'm always, because you said too, I'm very like fast response, fast moving. And I've realized my whole life up until this point, I've been in a massive rush, just a massive rush, like always moving forward, going forward quick, quick, quick. And with Alex, who is a, So his, his authority is emotional as is my daughter. They like, when it comes to even decision-making, I am so fast and just like, cool, this is what we're doing. This is not what we're doing. And for them, it takes them like a year to decide where we're going (laughs) for dinner or (laughs) what, you know, like the, so learning even about the decision-making process within a household and how you know, all of us are just like wanting, I feel like we want the other person to just, why can't you just do it like I am? Or why can't you just think the way that I'm thinking? And I don't know, I think this gives you permission to focus more on yourself and your energy versus I have a a bad habit of paying attention to other people or trying to fix, you know, other people's shit. And in this, you know, we're looking at people can't see this on the podcast, but you created this, you know, beyond my chart, there's like this whole document that you created. And one of the pitfalls and what I'm supposed to avoid, which I think is hilarious is people pleasing. Um, it's not what I'm here for. It's not a good use of my energy. And it's hilarious because I've created an entire career on people pleasing and giving my energy to others to help fulfill, you know, fulfill their dreams and their goals. And, um, so it's really also like given me permission to, to do what I instinctually want to do, which is spend more time on my work and my dreams. But somewhere along the way, I just, I've thought like, oh, well, that's selfish. Like if I'm not in service constantly to other people, then that I must be a narcissist. Like, yeah. Yeah. What I've, what I've actually, you know, thought about. And, you know, there's also a, which I think, I know it's not the authority or the strategy, but there is this in these charts, this thing called not self theme. So like when you're not, you know, I guess really honoring your design, everybody has uh, a repercussion of that. And mine is anger. <laughs> which I, so I've been doing all of this nervous system work. I went to this amazing, um, women's gathering called the roar where it was just primal screaming and energy release. But we talked about anger and rage and how those are inherently feminine traits. But, you know, from the time I was born, I was just called angry, like, Oh, you're just angry. You're angry. You're angry. You're angry. So I've always looked at that as a very negative thing, but now I'm when I do find myself getting that way, now I have all these kind of tools and explanations as to why I might be feeling that way. Um, Can you talk about that? Like if someone's in their not, like their not self theme, um, because it's like a warning sign really that you're not, you know, honoring, probably honoring your authority and your strategy and and your design. So can, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So um, every manifester has the same not self theme that that comes up of anger. And 
It's something you're, it's, it's more something to just make friends with and just (laughs) surrender to the fact that when you get an urge and you either suppress it or you're not able to um, get it out, then that's where the anger comes in. So if you're experiencing a lot of anger Mm. um, or, you know, any of the types, if you find that your not self theme keeps presenting, it's always it's good to reframe it and look back at where did I say yes or no to something that wasn't correct for me? Yes, exactly. So you either for you, for instance, being a manifester, yeah, strategy authority were not listened to. (laughs) You weren't able to, or you chose not to um, respond to an urge that you felt on the inside. You um, maybe Maybe you did act on the urge, but you didn't inform. Um, Or maybe you acted on the urge without checking in with your spleen to see if timing was correct. Because even though we have these things that are within us that are gifts, our wiring, timing is also very, very important when you're sharing these things with the world. So yeah, anger is just something that manifestors have to learn to deal with. It's go, it's a feeling that's going to come up or a theme that's going to come up. Um, and what's your, your life? <laughs> you're a manifesting generator, correct? Correct. Yeah. yeah which my daughter is as well. But what is your yep. not self theme? Uh, frustration. So oh, both the generator types, there's yes. this frustration. So, um, you know, very similar but the energetics of anger are a little more fiery. Yeah. Um, For sure. Yeah. We all, we, I think we all know the difference between anger and frustration. Yes. Um, And one other thing I love, I mean, again, the the charts are just, they're, they're so deep and so layered and so complex, but another interesting part of it that I think people can kind of, you know, glean some quick information from is the profile. So everyone has this, certain type of profile, which is two numbers. Like I'm a two, four, Alex is a, I think he's like a three, five or one. I don't don't know what, uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. I think he was a three, five. Yeah. So mine is, you know, coined the easy breezy genius, um, the hermit slash opportunist, which when I saw that, I was like, yep. Um, because I've always (laughs) felt this dichotomy in me of, I need time alone and joke like, oh, I could like go, you know, days without seeing people. But at the same time, I love being surrounded by community when it, when it's the right energetic, you know, people energetically, it's, it's the right group, the right setting. I need both, but I've always faulted myself for like, I don't know, not being the same as Joe Schmo who can go out and just like, go out every night and like be around a bunch of people. I've, I've really battled with myself instead of just like accepting that, that there's a reason for that. And I can actually use it to my advantage versus like beating myself up for it. Um, so can you talk a little bit about the, the profile and, um, specifically like being a two, four and, and what that means? Yeah. So your profile the the numbers come from your sun sign on both your design and your personality sides of your chart. So basically it is really how you step out into the world. If you think about your sun sign and astrology, um, it's, you know, kind of who we are. Um, 
So the two, the number on the inside, so you're a two, four, so your inside number would be two is more, it's your personality number. It's the number you connect with the most. It's how you see yourself, how you're the most comfortable and maybe help people who really know you well, um, how they know you as well. The four on the outside is more unconscious. Um, our design side is unconscious. It's what other people see and pick up on. Um, okay. It's energetic. It, you know, it's something that we're emitting through our aura. And it's, we might in time be able to see those aspects of ourselves because of patterns and people maybe telling us the same thing over and over again. And we're like, yeah. I don't understand how you see that in me, but they're telling us this over and over again. Um, so we become friends with the outer number through living life. Um, and interacting with other people, but it's the number that is not going to be as comfortable for most people as the inside number. Which my inside number is like, I want to just be left alone. It's called the hermit. (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) yeah, I have a two, four child and twos really need that time, that that downtime. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. River. Yep. Yeah. And they kind they, they come into this world kind of born naturally gifted. And it's something that they, that I'll say in your chart, the, the energies that are on your conscious side, your personality side, you probably mostly take for granted because those parts of you are easy. Um, you didn't have to really, um, you know, study those aspects to learn more. It's usually our openness that we, we, you know, actually those are really where kind of true gifts are is in our openness because that's where we seek out learning and um where we get really curious and but the two um the two really is just naturally gifted um can't see itself clearly like really needs the feedback of the other mm-hmm. yep. um and really needs to maintain downtime uh to be kind of self-absorbed Yes. And that's how they kind of develop this natural talent that they have, whatever it is, is different for everyone. Um, and, then, and then the four, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the four is called the opportunist, which might, you know, have like a negative connotation, but it's basically just close personal relationships are really important to a four line. And it's what other people see about you. Uh, first before they see that hermit part, I can imagine that most of the people on this podcast don't see you as a hermit. (laughs) They see you as someone who's (laughs) sharing, like living life, sharing their, you know, your experiences and um, telling stories and kind of your spin on uh, true, what's true for you. And in turn, that inspires people um, to figure out what's true for them like your beautiful example, just that, but, you know, most people probably don't see your, so the solitude and the downtime and the kind of lone wolf side of you. Right. Um, and I mean, and what you just said, that just brings up a question. So, and I, we've kind of talked about it in the past, but like me by, by sharing kind of my life or process or what I'm going through that will then hopefully, you know, inspire people and, and kind of inform and educate. And that is such a simple, natural thing to me. Like, oh, if I'm kind of leading by example and doing the work that I love and and sharing 
what I'm going through, hopefully it will help other people where I get messed up is that I'm like, oh no, I have to then take what I'm learning, turn it into a business, work one-on-one with people, kill myself (laughs) to like create, like help them, you know, usher their dreams into the world and just ignore my own impulses. And I have struggled with that for so long, even when I was like a personal trainer and would did that for 15 years and would focus so much on other people's health and well-being that my own would kind of like, you know, just drop to that bottom rung. And now I'm getting to a place of where I'm flip-flopping that. And like, I think it's enough. It feels like enough to just, again, lead by example and just do the work that I really feel called to and hope that it will translate into helping other people naturally. And there's still something in me that won't like give myself the permission to just do that a hundred percent. And so I guess my question, a long-winded way of asking, like, is that correct? And that, that is what I should be doing according to my human design, like focusing more on my own inclinations and, and urges and just trusting that it will serve the world as it needs to. Um, short answer. Yes. And I would say for everyone, yes, <laughs> because yeah. Yeah. if we focus on, uh, what's true for us, follow our strategy and authority, it will, you don't have to seek out the people, you know, you, you will be drawn to people, places, experiences yeah. that are correct for you. Yes. So everyone focusing on, even if they have a chart, that's more, you know, they have a transpersonal karma, which is just a profile that's um, more here to learn about themselves through other people say, you don't have to go seek those connections. You just need to, you know, follow your strategy, your authority, maybe look at the um, channels in your chart. But I would say for, for you, the bat and for everyone, um, what might feel like tension usually lives in the openness in your chart, because the openness in our chart is where we don't have access to that consistent energy of Mm. whatever that gate or channel or center is. So your openness in your chart um, is anywhere that you see white. Um, Yes. And so your undefined centers, uh, your solar plexus, your sacral, your ego, your G center and your crown, if you're, if you're seeing resistance and you're following your strategy and authority, and you're still feeling this internal battle, I would just look at kind of the theme of each of those centers. And if a lot of us get caught up in the, what's called the not self, which, mm-hmm. you know, is the mind, but really it lives in the openness in our charts most often. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's where we're, we're more easily influenced and conditioned for, for good or for bad by the outside world. So I would look at maybe for you, um, you're open or sorry, I think yours is undefined. Let me take a peek at your chart. So open is where there's no energy or no gates active um, out of that center. Undefined is where the center's white and open itself, but you have some gate activations coming out of that center. Let me pull up your... Yeah, and I haven't even started. I mean, that's the thing that is so cool about this is... I'm still learning 
but like I haven't even gotten into any of the gates at all. Like I haven't looked into that and I still feel like this has been utterly life-changing for me, um, (laughs) on every level. And I just have like poked the surface of it, which is so cool. Totally. I know it it's, and it's meant to be taken in, you know, small doses at a time because you really do want to play around with your strategy and your authority for a while and get really comfortable listening to your authority and following your strategy. And then you can layer on, you know, these other things, but a lot of us get caught up in the yes. open centers because right. that's where the should comes in, you know, like yes. that's a pull internally of, I should be doing something different because we were conditioned by parents, the world, friends, you know, whoever that the way that we do things, um, you know, might not be the best way. So our openness is where we have the least amount of protection to the outside world. Um, so it's very easy to let in other people's stuff in those areas. And I would say for you, you have an open sacral, which is really all manifestors are going to have an open sacral. And the sacral is like a huge tank like a gas engine it's it's a powerful motor that you don't consistently have access to so you have a motor center but it's not this it works in uh kind of like impulses and it it's not something that can sustain for long periods of time so just just asking yourself like okay do i know when enough is enough do i know when to say no Um, that might not be something that you naturally know how to do because you're not a generator. Generators kind of have, because they all have that sacral defined, they kind of have an internal uh, meter of like, okay, when is enough enough without going too far? (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, I remember when you were talking about this, like how I'm like my energy types really, we don't have an unlimited supply of energy and actually aren't supposed to work around the clock. And for me, that was revelatory. Cause I was like, wait, what? Um, because yeah. I have just worked, I mean, I've been called the machine, a workhorse, like my whole life, like, oh my God, you just get so much shit done. But the way that I get stuff done is I get these urges, these like lightning bolts of inspiration where I can work for extended periods of time, but then I, I need to absolutely rest and recharge, which is why being an author is so awesome. Cause it's like, it's just these batches of time where you're working and then there's time for rest. And I, that's been, it's been really liberating to, to understand that a little bit more and, and honor like just honor it and, and not be like, oh, you're lazy. Cause you're not working 12 hours a day, <laughs> you know, like I'm, totally. I need that downtime too, which is awesome. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think you just naturally are and it's just nice to put language to what you're already experiencing, but yes. you naturally, we've talked about it. Like even we've been talking about this stuff for years without yep. really having, <laughs> you know, human design, like, you, you know, that about yourself, um, and I think human design just gives you language and something to come back to, to, to make it a little more easy and less resistance filled. Um, exactly. And yeah. so if, if someone is just starting out, so like, say they, they pick up their, 
you know, they put in the information, get their chart, start poking around a little bit. What is, in your experience, the best way to kind of honor or, or start to play with your strategy and your authority on a daily basis? Is there, is it just listening? Is it being aware? Like, how can you really start to kind of like look into that a little bit more and, and start to use those two things to your advantage? Um, I would say drop out of the mind into the body. Um, and for some people that's easier, you know, easier said than done and easier for some of us and others, the way that our charts are, are, um, because some, like you have a defined mind. So, I mean, it is correct for you to always be thinking and always be logical, but knowing that you're brilliant genius always thinking mine is actually here to be an external authority an outer authority for other people but it's not how you're meant to make decisions so i think oh. <laughs> it's a little bit of surrender like okay this thing that i've really valued all of my life is still brilliant but it's not there has to be a shift in how you make decisions for yourself so really i would just look start small start with um you know, small, usually strategy and authority will be most life-changing if you're looking at, you know, a relationship uh, decision you have to make or a career or a big move. But if you just start small, like yes, with, um, you know, what you want to eat or drink in the morning and when, and <laughs> what do you want to do with your day and every type has a different strategy and then everybody has a unique authority, but really with those decisions that you have to make really tuning into your authority, whatever that is for you, and then following your strategy just yes. to see where that leads you and just maybe journal about it. Did that create more flow or not, you know, and just journaling about it. Um, and how is that? I it's, it's always nice to reflect back to, once you know your strategy and authority, reflect back to a time where something turned out really well for you mm. and see if you can trace it back. You most likely followed your strategy and authority. You just weren't consciously doing it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That, that is great advice, actually. Um, I love that. And so if people want to dig into this more, you give one-on-one -on -one readings, which are so incredible and so in depth. Um, can you tell people if they want to contact you, if they want to work with you, if they want to find out more about you and what you do, where can they go? Sure. So I do, um, all of my human design through my company collide and, um, the website is the collide.com. I'm sure it's a funny spelling. I'm sure the link we'll will be in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's spelled like the beginning of Kaleidoscope. And yeah. uh, me and my business partner host retreats, yoga retreats uh, internationally, nationally. Um, and then I also offer human design through Collide. So I do one-on-ones, I do workshops. Um, I'm still a human, a, human, <laughs> a student of human design. Um, so always I'm continuing my education and um, still in this exploration of, you know, my own path and, um, but yeah, that's, um, I, I offer one-on-ones and you can contact me through my website. And, um, 
Perfect. And we'll put all that in the show notes. And I just have to say, you know, for doing like couple readings too, um, if you are in partnership and learning just again, on the most basic level (laughs) about you and your partner, I think it has been out of everything that Alex and I have done in the past 12 years to kind of understand each other. This has been the most radically helpful and transformational thing that we have done to just accept each other and to encourage each other. So that alone has, has been utterly life-changing for our relationship. And it's, you know, there's free accessibility to a lot of this stuff, but having someone like you to really walk people through it is, is so incredibly helpful. So Thank you for coming on here and sharing your, your wisdom and just talking about this amazing, amazing modality that everybody needs to go out and learn about. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me on here. I'm so excited. Me too. <laughs> we finally did it. We I know. It. Finally. <laughs> Lord. Thank you. We've had so many conversations where I know that like, I wish we recorded this. I'm like, what the heck? We've had like three hour conversations, but <laughs> this is this is a perfect like entry into human design. And I just appreciate you for being here. Thank you. I appreciate you for, for being <laughs> and for having me on here. Thanks for listening to Right Way Presents The Real Story. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and comment. And for more information on The Real Story and Right Way, visit rightwayco.com.